सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्त सह वीर करवाहै तेजस्वीतमस्तुमा विद्विषावै मनीषा पंचकम पंचकम मीन्स क्विंटेट यू नो क्वार्टेट क्विंटेट मनीषा पंचकम ए क्विंटेट एंड ए क्विंटेट ऑफ फाइव verses a quintet of five verses panchakam means quintet of five verses manisha means knowledge five verses in the in the service of knowledge what kind of knowledge a knowledge without which one is worse off that kind of knowledge so these five verses of knowledge what kind of knowledge need we ask say self knowledge correct yeah self knowledge and uh, what is this self knowledge of course everybody has self knowledge you know i'm so many feet tall correct and then i weigh so and so that knowledge everyone has but it is secret knowledge <laughs> राजविद्या राजगुह्यम सीक्रेट नॉलेज आई एम दिस मेनी इयर्स ओल्ड अनदर सीक्रेट नॉलेज दिस इज ऑल नॉलेज ऑफ द सेल्फ करेक्ट एंड आई एम क्वर्की आई हैव सो मेनी क्वर्क्स अनदर सीक्रेट नॉलेज समटाइम्स नॉट सो सीक्रेट इट इज आउट देयर फॉर ऑल टू सी एंड देन सो मेनी थिंग्स यू नो i already know about the i so i am self knowledgeable so why do i need these five verses of self knowledge without which i am worse off why do i need them you know first of all what you think you are you are not <laughs> simple that is vedanta 101 yeah vedanta 101 whatever you think you are you know you are much more than that you are beyond that you are not just limited to that so then what what to do now you know but then what that is has to be taught because all the things that i am not constitute what i am and that causes a lot of trouble consternation and feelings of being trapped and wanting to get out this desire to be free free of what free of all the things that i do not want starting with credit card debt you know <laughs> all the things i do not want i want freedom and for this freedom we saw also in the morning all the the ways in which we strive one strives in so many ways i want this i want to be i want to be better i have to try harder i have to do this i have to be on the top and then what now i'm i'm i have fear of falling fear of heights <laughs> i've reached the top all right are you happy no why because i have fear of heights 
and also there is the 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 gravitational law what is that what goes up must come down <laughs> this is what it is and so even having reached the top i am not secure that insecurity is still there and then you know even one reaches the pinnacle of achievement and success and uh, nothing is enough and that not enough not enough analam it is called you know there is no alam buddhi alam buddhi means a buddhi buddhi here means a a mindset that is is a mindset of contentment i am happy no matter what i am happy with what i have happiness is not something it's not an add on it's not an app that you can install <laughs> yeah you know first there was an adage an apple a day now it is an app a day yeah <laughs> that's how the life has become it's all about apps you know it's an happening place that's <laughs> you know and uh, so so therefore this this insecurity which doesn't seem to go no matter what needs to be interrogated needs to be understood in a slightly different light needs to be, one has to see that this source of insecurity the, the, both the insecurity and its source are not the truth of the i and in a way one knows it you know it while you are sleeping no credit card debt no fears no tears that's why no one wants to get up period yeah and uh, unfortunately it is monday morning what we just started the weekend don't talk about that <laughs> so therefore you know this uh, monday morning comes and immediately one feels i don't want to get up because upon waking i have to face all those the music the insecurity in fact we can't call it music let's call it cacophony <laughs> we have to face this cacophony and it is just to my detriment and therefore we need this quintet one reason see i'm i you know i'm trying to push for study of this here and <laughs> one reason why we need this is why because i don't know the truth of myself and i better find out before it is too late when is it too late when i already have prepared for the next life that's when it is too late and so therefore let us find out here and now ihaiva and drop this insecurity so therefore i need manisha panchakam first reason you mean there is more than one reason of course <laughs> what is the second reason the second reason that this text is worthy of study is because it goes into the finer points of vedanta at the fine little areas you know of vedanta we can't even call it vedanta 201 or 301 it's very gross but these subtle things that are not they don't meet the eye because vedanta gives with it a hubris this teaching it comes with a hubris you attend a few classes and then you feel you're on cloud 9 you know ah so nice 
Ooh, I'm coasting. This is just so easy. I'm free. All I have to do is know it and just attend one or two classes here and there. Forget going to work. That's overrated. You know, <laughs> let's just, you just, just coast along, you know, on, on cruise control. <laughs> really, let's just go in for the ride. It is so fantastic, you know. And then you look around because human nature after all. And then you see surrounded by all kinds of people who don't know that you are the most, that I am the most secure person in the world. They don't know that, surely. This one also doesn't know that. Ah, me. Yeah. So you go shopping. You're just doing the mundane thing that everybody else does. They also have a cart they are pushing with their groceries. You also have the same. No, but these are the groceries of a Vedantin. <laughs> <laughs> hubris sets in then you look to the left oh they don't even know we for Vedanta poor misguided little souls and then you look to the right oh lowly mortals all what are they doing here how do they lead their lives you know they must be in so much strife because they don't have this knowledge they don't have access to this knowledge they don't have classes they don't have anything poor things and Manisha Panchakam should actually be renamed Manisha Pinchakam because <laughs> it pinches, it pinches and bursts this little bubble of ahankara. Yes, that comes with the early, what should I say, buoyancy of this teaching. You just feel like, yeah, you're kind of inside, <laughs> going like this. And then, you know, so, therefore, what? Manisha, pinchakam. <laughs> that which pinches you back to the reality. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm awake. All right. Yeah. So, it is like, you know, in the fencing, you know, when they have that, uh, what are they called? The fencing. Foils. Yeah, so they have those things and then you don't see the people. They look like bumblebees, you know, they look like they have all these things in front. They have these things and then you, you know, you go like this and then they say, touche, yeah, got you. Yes, that is the, you know, you pink the other person and that is the, that is the whole idea here. Because the human mind is, 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 is a fine instrument. Define fine. Fine. <laughs> fine in the sense of very subtle. And it is up to all kinds of tricks. You train it from this side and it goes and does something over there which I was least expecting. It has a little fit over there. And then you train it from that side. You know, it's like having a bad hair day. That is if you have hair, you know, otherwise you don't worry about it. <laughs> and, you know, so you train it from that side and you say, okay, I got you. I know all your wily little ways. I am on top of you. And then behind your back, it goes and does something else. And so therefore, there is, you know, even though this knowledge is all encompassing and ultimately and completely transformative, Transforming the entire person completely. This is not just a, a little nibble of moksha here and, you know, you know, moka you can nibble, <laughs> not moksha. Moksha means freedom. Yeah. It's 
not a little nibble here and there. It is a totalizing, uh, you know, Shastra teaching. It's, it's something that is entirely and completely transformative. And so therefore, entire means what? Entire. All? Yes, all. All except for these few little corners which have a few cobwebs. We are talking of the mind now, you know. Cobwebs of doubt, cobwebs of despair and cobwebs of what is called viparita bhavana, a technical term. No class is complete without a few of those thrown in when one is least expecting them. Viparita bhavana means the op the when my behavior is opposite to what I know. That is viparita. Viparita means opposite. Bhavana, a feeling or a behavior that is opposite to what I know. Correct? And what does that constitute in Vedanta terms? I know all is one, but I don't like you right now. <laughs> I don't like you very much at all right now. I know all is one, but why is this person in the class? This person doesn't know anything. Do you know how they behave outside and how come they can come to the class? With what right? How dare they come and sit? And even online you can do that. You can scroll the names. <laughs> oh, I know you. <laughs> you were in the last one month course. What did you learn? Huh? What did you learn? <laughs> this is called Viparita Bhavana. It can come in the form of the hubris. It can come in any any kind of a slight, stealthy little way. You know, like a cat getting ready to pounce. You know, first it goes like this and then it pounces. Like that, this mind in a very stealthy way, you know, makes a division. Mm. Makes a division between the walk, not W-O-K, okay? W-A-L-K, walk. <laughs> Between the the, uh, uh, the walk and the talk. Ah. So that's why we have a saying in English, you have to walk the talk. Ah. If you don't walk the talk, it's all talk, talk, talk. Yeah. And you go talk, talk also because <laughs> it's a knowledge that is just lip service. It's not assimilated, integrated into the everyday life. But again, I say this with a caveat because Vedanta is not some kind of a theory and then I have to come home and practice it. Like Karthik was asking, what homework do you give? You know, I said, the homework is life itself. Yeah, homework is life. How you live is the test of the metal of how much you have studied and how you enjoy the studies. So enjoying the studies sort of, you know, what seeps into the life in the sense that the more one is exposed to these teachings, the more accommodative and the more compassionate, the more easygoing one becomes. And, you know, and as a result, one is more fun to be around. You make more friends <laughs> or friends make you. Yeah. Even though you may not be looking for friends. But suddenly, people like to be around you. Because, oh, look at that. There's one person who is not always, you know, whiny and needy all the time. One person who, is, who has a little space for others. 
one person who's just able to be without needing to be you know walked around eggshells on and be very careful and take care of them and what will they think and oh no oh my god and what are their issues and how to avoid them no one person free of all that that's a big social service so this knowledge <laughs> is a civic duty for everyone really because you come out of the running for being a person who needs to be handled all the time with a pair of tongs because you're like <laughs> live ember ever ready to just spark off into anger so you don't have to be handled this is a prasada a a a, a gift prasada means a gift a, a wonderful gift of this teaching is the is the ability to to be able to transfer to let this teaching transform my life so much that i'm a different person from a complaining querulous person all the time needing attention and needing to be handled and needing people needing to be careful of me etc 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 what do i become i become a person free of those needs where nobody has to handle me and i can handle anybody i can you know i can handle anybody without getting exhausted that is the whole idea i become bigger than the problems and so the second reason to study this is because in all those crannies and nooks you know of the inner antakaranam the inner psyche in the mind in the heart all those areas where the two don't reckon what what to the walk and the talk where i want to continue talking but continue walking in different ways again i'm doing the splits you know yeah i'm split in half and so here this is what is at stake is that all those nooks and crannies are cleaned out spring has come early spring has sprung early why because we are studying manisha pinchakam panchakam <laughs> yes that is the second reason and an equally important reason because the the mansions in the mind that one has created all the subjective notions of how to be uh, they don't go away so easily the viparita bhavana uh, the opposite tendency to the the, the the proclivity to behaving how you know that that is not in keeping with what i know is the last to go because it's based on habits and habits die you know a slow and painful death yes oh oh no not today do i have to go today no i want to be with you and then this you know this idiotic fellow says at least you want to be with me okay <laughs> let's continue you and i let us go then you and i you know ts eliot wrote while the evening is spread against the sky like a patient etherized upon a table the love song of alfred j proofrock <laughs> opening lines i love it it's just awesome you know yeah so the habits are like this patient etherized upon the table <laughs> i'm just using it in another context you know <laughs> this is a vedantic interpretation of the love song of alfred j proofrock 
I'm warming up. So, <laughs> so the, you know, so what happens here is that, you know, the one is etherized. Etherized means anesthetized. I don't even know that this habit is there. The habits are deep. The habits divide me from the truth of myself. The habits divide me from that oneness with myself, with others. Because Vedanta is the knowledge of oneness, that all that is here is one. And this one is all. That is what it is. And so those habits are die-hard habits. But die, die they must. And so Manisha Panchakam is a, what should I say, is a pesticide for these habits. Yes. You know, where all the habits just go into, uh, into the corner that they are and they don't wake up the next morning. <laughs> this is what it is <laughs> for the habits, you know. And these habits are very, very sneaky. They lurk in the most, you know, in the most exalted of places. And therefore, those kinds of subtle habits, they have to be dismantled. And for which this teaching, this particular text is a gift. So we have, like the Panchadashi we are studying, Panchadashi is called Prakarana Grantha. Prakarana means that which expounds the teaching of the primary texts, which are called the Upanishads, in a very simple and easy to follow language. And then there are certain other Granthas that are called Mananak Granthas, you know, Granthas that sort of dismiss certain um, doubts that one may have about the teachings. Advaita Makaranda is one such example. Whereas Manisha Panchakam, is what is called Nididhyasana Grantha. Nididhyasana means what? Contemplation. So the habit is broken at the level of contemplation. Contemplating upon what? Upon my true nature. So the more I am with who I am, the less I have a penchant to be with who I am not. That is the whole idea. So, so therefore, you know this this uh, this is like a this is like a recap of the teaching you know sometimes there is a precap and <laughs> you know when you see a show that is continuing next week and something like that then there will be a precap because they want you to continue to come back and watch the show they don't want you to go away so they will say next week this is what in store <laughs> And this one is what? This is a recap of all that has been studied. And then there is a little bit of a gap between the study and the assimilation. And the recap closes the gap. That is the whole idea. And that is an even more persuasive reason to study the Manisha Panchakam. Because it deflates the hubris of the, the one who is a fledgling Vedantin who thinks that I am ready to fly and I am ready to just go and, you know, show off how wonderful everything is. And, and so it deflates the ahankara. There is a wonderful sentence in Sanskrit, it says that, which says, yena tyajasi tat tyaja. Tyaja means renounce. And it comes from an ancient story 
where the student goes to the guru. Okay. And the guru is sitting there. The student comes and gives a whole list of all the things he has renounced. He says, I have renounced my everyday coffee. I have renounced my cat. I have renounced my dog. I have renounced the garbage. That of course everyone renounces, but I thought I will list it. <laughs> I have no attachment to the garbage whatsoever. I have renounced the dustbin. I have renounced, I have renounced the, the spouse, the significant other. Oh really, that's a lot. Yes, and I have renounced the money. I mean, of course it's in a bank, but I don't keep thinking about it and looking at it every day. And then I have renounced my house. My name is Ageha Ananda, Homeless Ananda. <laughs> I have renounced, you know, the paycheck. I have renounced all these things. Oh, ye master, look at me. And the teacher is unimpressed. The unimpressed guru replies, uh, that's all right, my dear one. Please renounce that, you know, which is... Which is uh, because of which all this has been renounced. And what is that? The ego. That's why it's called ego. It is the E that has to go. <laughs> yeah. Please renounce the renouncer. Please give up the giver upper. That is the, the, that is the thing here. Because you can't have oneness and me. You know, you cannot, you cannot enjoy the oneness the same way as you enjoy the movie where there is a subject-object difference. You know, it's like that, I don't know why I'm recalling all these uh, uh, Guru-Shishya stories. <laughs> Another you know, story, one CEO, a stressed out CEO of a big company goes to the Guru and says, I'm really stressed out, please, please, please help, help me, help me, help me now. And the guru says, what is, what do you do? And he finds out and all the employees are fighting and everybody is, you know, and is in a bad situation. How is life at home, you know? Uh, you know, how is life? He says, mm. you know, how is married life? He <laughs> the hand starts to move faster. And uh, how are the children? Even faster, they are teenagers now. They, don't, they, they are in a rebellious stage. What to do? And the guru thinks about it. He says, oh, this is easy. This is very easy. This is not hard. He says, what you need is some solitude. Oh, what's that? <laughs> well, you know, you, is there some nice areas that you can, oh yeah, yeah, there are parks, there is a mountain, there is something I can climb and sit on. Wonderful. Go to the mountain, take a hike, go sit on a rock. And then what do I do? He's taking notes. What do I do next? Enjoy the solitude. Okay, he writes that down also. Enjoy the solitude. And he's a very good disciple, a good shishya. <laughs> so the next day morning he wears his sneakers and he wears his, what is that they wear to go jogging and hiking? Sweat, sweat track pants, sweat pants he wears. And then he just goes, you know, climbs on the mountain, sits on the rock. And then he says, oh, what good solitude. Yes, the guru was very knowledgeable guru, very good solitude. And he takes out his iPhone, <laughs> calls his significant other and says, 
you know you should come here and enjoy the solitude <laughs> not seeing that what even talking on the phone is breaking that solitude really so really that contemplation that contemplative you know life is begins with interrogating the interrogator yeah who is the interrogator an alligator that's why it's called gate both end in gator yeah <laughs> the one that eats up the world of objects itself the subject all the time consume oh what's going on there uh, you know and people consume differently some people are easy to handle because they just eat food okay they're easy just give them you know put a plate in front of them they are happy <laughs> and some people just gobble up information they are really interrogators you can't sit down for 5 minutes you know with them to have a conversation and they start talking talking all kinds of questions who are you how old are you what's your weight how what's your paycheck of course this is an indian person indians don't balk at these questions at all in the first meeting they'll say what is your salary <laughs> without any compunctions without knowing that these are all very private things especially in the west they are, you know this is a cultural issue they are just trying to get to know you but some people are interrogators they are trying to get to know you out of a sense of their own insecurity because they feel like information or, or which they think is knowledge is power if information is power then i feel a little more powerful so this is that some people are pathological in, you know interrogators not their fault they they are trying to assess the situation like a puppy if you leave a puppy in the room it will smell everything and everyone yeah because it's trying to get to know its bearings and that's its main means of knowledge the smell and so it smells and it smells and it smells and so okay this one is like that dog over there they must okay this one is like that it categorizes and it has its own little map of what to do who to go near who to stay away from this one doesn't smell too good better go <laughs> better not go with them like this you know so then you sit down for 2 minutes and they start asking questions who are you and uh, where did you come from and uh, why are you living here you know where are you going next it happened to me once you know i was just staying in somebody's uh, uh, place for the because it was in between two classes and so the hosts had put me there in the inner room to rest and they said we'll we had they had to go and uh, pick up some food and they said we'll come back and take you to the next location and the host had another guest and that guest turned on me and why are you here <laughs> what are you doing where where are you going and then after the fifth question i had to say you know i'm really tired <laughs> because i honestly was very tired so this is the ahankara also known as ego which is the interrogator which just consumes the whole jagat it is the jagat bhakshaka it consumes the jagat because it is just a, a pitless uh, you know what a pitless uh, a aperture for all kinds of information it's an information hog and that is the one who says i have renounced i have studied vedanta me 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 and that is the one this gator has to be 
you know, gated. Yeah. <laughs> this interrogator has to be gated, means put in its place. This is what uh, is, is the purport of this beautiful, really wonderful text that we are going to study. And the third and the final reason to be studying this text is because it is just a beautiful piece of writing. Sanskrit-wise, it is gorgeous. And meaning-wise, it is just splendid. It's just, you know, no contest. It is one of the nicest texts that one will ever encounter. It's just fascinating. So, that is why we need to study this text. The authorship is, is Adi Shankara, attributed to and also has the stylistic, you know, finesse of Adi Shankara. And uh, Adi Shankara was an ancient saint, uh, you know, in, uh, in ancient, uh, was a saint of ancient India who is credited with bringing Vedanta to the people in a manner that is, you know, understandable and in a manner that is lasting because he brought, he made, simplified the Upanishads by writing commentaries on them. And then he wrote also a number of works on Vedanta. This is one of them. Of course, with every piece of writing comes a story. This also is, a, is not an exception. And the story has been written by somebody else, not Adi Shankara himself. There are certain books, all of them have the same title. The ancient Indians were not very uh, creative. And, you know, they were creative in terms of the subject matter, but they didn't worry about titles because the knowledge is not seen as a privatized thing. Knowledge is public. That's why when, you know, when somebody wanted to patent yoga poses, the government of India laughed. We, we laugh. What is this? This is something 5,000 years old and you want to patent it as though you discovered it? This is you know, as though you invented it? This is a discovery. And a discovery can happen by many people at the same time. An invention has to do with you. In the West... One always sees knowledge as something which is private, which belongs to me. I am the author. In the East, knowledge is always public. So you don't care what is it called. So therefore, there are a number of biographies written of Adi Shankara. And confusingly enough, all of them are called Shankara Vijayam. The victory of Adi Shankara. Because the first one had that title. The second one also said, well, that's what I'm also writing about. And this exalted sage has given the title. Let me also borrow that title. And the exalted sage was, you know, was nowhere around to fight for the copyright. And had he been around, he would not, because he was exalted, he would not have fought for the copyright either. That's the beauty. And the third one came along and said, Shankara Vijayam. Why? So as to confuse the academicians. <laughs> yeah. And give them dementia. That's why it's called academentia. And, and so which is the, will the real Shankara Vijayam please stand up? Because there are at least five. There are at least five of them, you know. There is an abiding presence of Shankara Vijayams. And which one is the real one? Well, it turns out there is no real or unreal because each one is equally unreal. <laughs> oh, it's unreal meaning inauthentic. It doesn't try to be inauthentic. 
it tries to be authentic but think about it the first known shankara vijayam in existence was written by somebody you know hope oh, somebody i know yes somebody you all know and love very well swami vidyaranya before he became a swami he was called what was his name madhava so madhaviya shankara vijaya first book and when did adi shankara live in the bc correct and when did this man live in the 15th century so so many hundreds of years had gone by and then uh, uh, with an with the life of an exalted sage after so many years have gone by you know along with that a lot of urban and rural myths attached to the life stories you know that happens it is the fervor of the followers the devotees the students the students add to this same thing has happened with jesus you look at the life story of jesus and some of the things are really out of this world how could this have happened you know how did the water turn into wine and how did this all happen yes miracle yes you know sure we can say we can we can say it was a miracle and or along that along with that we can say it's the fervor of the apostles and the disciples whoever is writing this they bring in their own shraddha their own you know what's that faith into this making and then you know and the story gains weight yeah the story becomes a little fat the plot which was anorexically thin at first puts on weight and then in the next generation then a new generation of devotees oh adi shankara wonderful you know what happened this happened gains more weight now it's a plot which is slightly more rounded plot a well rounded plot with a little bit of magic a little bit of surprise a little element of miracles all thrown in and 6 centuries later what happens the plot is in a fat suit yeah <laughs> yeah the plot is plumpy on all sides you poke at it you can't get to the bone any which way you poke it's just plump plump plumpy you know it's all well rounded a dimpled plot well rounded and that is what the shankara vijaya is the first one is very much like that a little bit of you know a little bit of flourish and aplomb with which the the life of the exalted sage adi shankara is presented to make him appear as an embodiment of the god about whom he was always teaching the embodiment of the lord himself to make him appear like that an avatara then you know you have all these stories so here you know with this introduction let us look at the story so this is how the story is there and uh, no before that i will talk about the three shankar vijayams to show what is the differences the first one was written by swami vidyaranya then known as madhava it's called madhaviya shankara vijaya and then the next one was written much later by anandagiri but this is disputed anandagiri was was also known as tika 
ಟೀಕಾಕಾರ ದ ಕಾಮೆಂಟ್ ದ ಕಾಮೆಂಟೇಟರ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಕಾಮೆಂಟೇಟರ್ ಹೀ ರೋಡ್ ಕಾಮೆಂಟ್ರಿ ಆನ್ ಕಾಮೆಂಟ್ರೀಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸೊ ಆನಂದಗಿರಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಡಿಸ್ಪ್ಯೂಟ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಥಿಂಕ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಈದರ್ ಅಥೆಂಟಿಕ್ ಆರ್ ರಿಟನ್ ಬೈ ಆನಂದಗಿರಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ಥರ್ಡ್ ಒನ್ ಇಸ್ ಕೇರಳೀಯ ಶಂಕರ ವಿಜಯ ರಿಟನ್ ಬೈ ಸಂಬಡಿ ಇನ್ ಕೇರಳ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಫುಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ವೆರಿ ಬೊಂಬಾಸ್ಟಿಕ್ ಸ್ಟೋರೀಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಆರ್ ಫುಲ್ ಆಫ್ ಮಿರಿಕಲ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಔಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ರಿಯಾಲಿಟಿ ಸೊ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ರೀಡ್ಸ್ ಲೆಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಅ ಬಯೋಗ್ರಫಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಮೋರ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಎ ಮೈಥಾಲಜಿ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ದ ಹೋಲ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ ಈಸ್ ಸೊ ಹಿಯರ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಮಾಧವೀಯ ಶಂಕರ ವಿಜಯ ದ ಸ್ಟೋರಿ ಈಸ್ ಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟೆಡ್ ಲೈಕ್ ದಿಸ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಆದಿ ಶಂಕರ ವಾಸ್ ಕೇಮ್ ಔಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ರಿವರ್ ಗಂಗಾ ರಿವರ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಬೇದ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇನ್ ದೋಸ್ ಡೇಸ್ ದ ಗಂಗಾ ವಾಸ್ ಬೇದಬಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಿಥೌಟ್ ಆಲ್ ದ ಥಿಂಗ್ ದ ಪ್ರಾಬ್ಲಮ್ಸ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಎನ್ಕೌಂಟರಿಂಗ್ ಟುಡೇ ಗಂಗಾ ವಾಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಕ್ಲೀನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಿಥೌಟ್ ನೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಎನಿ ಕ್ಯಾಂಪೇನ್ ಟು ಕ್ಲೀನ್ ಇಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಗಂಗಾ ವಾಸ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ವಂಡರ್ಫುಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಯು ಯು ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಎ ಬ್ಯೂಟಿಫುಲ್ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ಯು ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ದಿಸ್ ಬ್ಯೂಟಿಫುಲ್ ಪಿಕ್ಚರ್ of adi shankara this exalted sage along with a few disciples bathing in the in the waters and coming out and walking from the river to a famous temple in the city of varanasi now known as banaras and uh, there you know there is a kashi te- vishwanatha temple lord shiva temple a famous ancient lord shiva temple and so he was going there to visit that and the journey was proceeding along very smoothly but for this chandala who appeared out of nowhere and was just standing too close for comfort <laughs> first of all who is a chandala we say funeral grounds keeper or someone who was doing a lowly job an unhygienic job but the technical definition of a chandala is one who is of a mixed birth ancestry that is really the meaning of chandala brahmana you know mother and other than brahmana father non brahmana father for example so chandala means mixed birth and in ancient india where all these you know the the society was laid out in certain kinds of you know ways which was called ashrama dharma and varna dharma so there were certain ways in which people related to one another and certain ways in which people related to the society people related to their occupations and there were age appropriate occupations if you are a student you study if you are a householder you contribute to to the society and if you are a forest dweller after you retire you repair to the forest and don't you know don't stand for election you know the <laughs> you be a vanaprasthi all the vanaprasthis in india and elsewhere stand for elections and then finally you become a sanyasi and you you let go of even that so this is how there were some age appropriate stage appropriate age appropriate activities and then there were certain activities based on occupation so somebody who defies this categorization is looked down upon because you don't know where to put the person the society becomes it comes in turmoil and so when you don't know how where that person stands it is very disconcerting 
even today we don't have the categories of ashrama dharma but we have gender you know male female and then supposing you know and this was an experiment a sociological experiment that was done in the 70s you know uh, by by these sociologists where they you know observed a kind of a transgendered person who was the cashier at a shop and they just they didn't do anything they just were flies on the wall and they were observing people going and how much do you interact with a cashier correct you say here is the money for whatever i have purchased if they give you the change would you like a receipt here is the receipt and you go home but then they found out that the people were very disturbed by the transgendered nature of the cashier the people were very disturbed so they had chosen somebody to play the role who was you know perhaps a little too tall for a woman but you know average for a man and the voice was also a little bass for a woman and you know a little you know okay for a man like this so no way they could tell and even they could have a gender neutral name it could be both genders you know pat what do you know <laughs> what's your name because this is how they try to find out is this a man i'm dealing with or is this a woman oh hi my name is pat <laughs> pat could be patrick pat could be patricia you don't know correct and so the sociologists concluded after this observation that the people get very disoriented and some people got very verbally abusive you know because they couldn't know who this person was they got frightened insecure and abusive at the cashier who was simply counting the change and giving it back it's an overreaction by any uh, you know by by anybody's guess by any judgment it's an overreaction and so if that is the case now think about ancient india where there are all these rules and then anybody coming out of these rules whose very presence it's not that they are rebelling or doing anything whose very presence is is a is a difficult reminder of many things it's a difficult reminder of the hierarchical society in which one lives and it is of course every society is hierarchical in its own way and it's a difficult reminder that you know that somebody's sense of non belonging wrecks up my own sense of non belonging you know that's what it is you spot it you got it that's how you know you get disturbed by seeing somebody not conforming to what you think are the rules because there is some level of order your own status quo your own comfort zone is badly disturbed and so therefore such people had some uh, rules they lived in a certain area that was separate and there was not much interaction with the other groups of people was it oppressive of course it was oppressive and but that is how it was and they they lived in a separate area and their actions or jobs that they did were servile occupations and in an economy that depended on their jobs but yet looked down upon the ones who are doing the job sounds familiar even now it's the same 
so we can't blame ancient india because how much have we evolved correct even now it's the same those kinds of janitorial jobs and those kinds of jobs that nobody wants to do uh, you know we, we need them done but then we exploit and don't pay enough same thing you see in agri businesses and hiring these migrant farm workers and then deporting them afterwards you know you send the bus to mexico and then when you've had enough you say bus enough go back <laughs> you know this is we are still doing that you know is it in our own is it innate in the human nature to be cruel i mean sometimes i wonder even after all this vedanta because how come this kind of a cruelty comes so easily what is that that means the knowledge needs a little more assimilation that's what it is so then back to the story one such person of a mixed tribe appears in front of adi shankara and then you know immediately he recognizes him and uh, because jandala and he recognizes him and either adi shankara says this or the devotional fervor of all the devotees around adi shankara say gachcha 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 get out 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 make way make way make way don't don't come here don't do this you know not a very nice thing to say correct who wants to be told gachcha gachcha you know but to be fair we have to also understand it in the context of ancient india which was kind of a Uh, what should i say and hygienically ocd culture <laughs> yes so there was this all this concept of touch and no touch even within the family so there were all these rules that you had to be in a in a state of a, a kind of a kosher cleanliness called madi and you would be the night before you would you wash your clothes yourself and hang them up on the line far away on the ceiling out of the reach of all and then with a bamboo stick you bring it down the next morning nobody touches that and after you wear that you make food for offering to the deities and nobody touches you while doing that not even your own children and if the children come the mother will say gachcha gachcha <laughs> out out go 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 out of here don't come near and in in fact india is very much a no touch culture we don't touch that much you know and then you know so you know sometimes people say can i have a hug i said okay all right no problem <laughs> you know we don't volunteer hugs and all these things and um, so this is this is this is how the thing is it's all about hygiene it's about that food should be made in a in a pure way with pure thoughts purity of the of cleanliness body mind etc so adi shankara or his devotees gachcha gachcha must also be seen in this context okay yeah must be seen in this context context of a culture that was highly kosher and a context of also a culture where certain you know ullanghana crossing of hierarchies brought out the worst in one gachcha gachcha you you are neither here nor there well, where do i peg you you don't belong so you don't belong in the society because you are you know cast out by the society you know for what for the transgression of your parents really and you are cast out by the society and we we're not going to deal with you therefore gachcha gachcha would adi shankara have said gachcha gachcha we don't know 
How do we know? Because he lived then. That was then. This is now. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't know. But I would say it's more likely. I mean, if he was really the exalted sage that he was, he would have internalized the teaching. It is more likely that the people around him said, Gacha, gacha, to this Jandala. Because I saw it with Pujya Swamiji in my own life. We would go in a group and everybody would say, out of the way, out of the way, Swamiji is coming out of the way, out of the way. Swamiji would not like that, would not care for that at all. He kept saying, don't do that. But still people would do that out of the fervor of trying to protect him or I don't know what. But anyhow, whether from Adi Shankara's mouth or from somebody else's lips, the words gacha gacha escaped. And once things have gone from the lips, can you take them back? Say no, so we can proceed quickly. No, <laughs> no we can't. It is like a released arrow. Vyagra buddhya visrishtam banam. You know, when you release an arrow, thinking you hear rustling in the bushes. You are out in, for a hunt. Because you have nothing else to do. So you are out on a hunt and you hear rustling and you think tiger and somebody helpfully says tiger. And you release the bow. And then you suddenly everything is quiet and you peer through the bushes and the, of course the arrow is proceeding and then it's actually a cow. Then if you tell the arrow, please come back, I made a mistake. It's not going to make a mistake. You have to run over there and physically move, move the cow out of the way. <laughs> Couldn't resist that. And you have to do that or you have to let the cow take the arrow. You don't have any other choice here. So like that, the words are like arrows. Once you release, once the gacha gacha has been said, then it cannot be unsaid. So in this scenario, the words gacha gacha were articulated. Get out, get out, make way, make way, make way, go. But this chandala was not an ordinary chandala. So says Madhaviya Shankara Vijaya. Shankara Vijaya, the book, Shankara Vijaya says that actually he was Lord Shiva in disguise. Lord Shiva in disguise? And who was Adi Shankara? He was also Lord Shiva. So Lord Shiva could not recognize himself and still said, Gacha Gacha, give me a break. You know, because they cannot handle you know, orthodoxy cannot handle the thought of a chandala being so erudite as to be giving a response back to this gacha gacha. Because the chandala was furious. The chandala said, My dear sir, what are you trying to distance from who and what? Are you distancing your body? You're trying to make a distance between my body and your body, A, or my atma, Atma means the indweller of this body, the truth of this body, the one who lives in this body and your Atma, the indweller being one and that one being unmoving and all pervasive at once, it cannot go anywhere. It can neither gacha gacha nor agacha agacha. <laughs> it can neither go nor come. There is no going, there is no coming for which that is the Atma. And then what about the body? My body is the same as your body. 
And suppose Adi Shankara says, I beg to differ. <laughs> I just bathed. I don't know when you bathed. And, uh, and besides, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. Another name for Chandala is Shwapachaha. Yeah. Rat catcher, rat eater, dog eater. I don't know if this is a bad, angry epithet or if it is true. Or if the poverty forced them to eat dogs and catch rats, field rats, not house rats. Um, you know, field rats, field mice and eat them. If poverty forced them, uh, we don't know. But another name is Shwapachaha. And Adi Shankara comes from a... Gen he's a genetic vegetarian. <laughs> Neither his parents nor his grandparents. They did not even know how to say cow other than the one that gives milk. They did not, you know, they did not, you know, know beef or veal or what else, you know, pork. These are all nice ways of saying pig and cow. That's all it is. And uh, mutton, goat, nice way of saying goat. What are we having for lunch? If you say goat, nobody will come. <laughs> because you have to deal with, you know, its face. Yeah, so therefore you, you mask it and say mutton. Sounds something exotic. And so like this, you know, and uh, Chandala came from, comes from a long line of non-vegetarians. Yeah, because really speaking, you know, this is the difference one, one can say. But Chandala has a very strong argument. Chandala says, Annamayad Annamayam Kimva Chaitanyat Chaitanyam Eva Duri Kartum Vanchasi You are desiring to separate and make a distance between two things that are one and the same. No, no, but I just told you I am vegetarian. I am a genetic vegetarian and you eat all kinds of things. Go away. No. You know, you dog breath, go away. You know, I don't want to deal with you. <laughs> no. Why? Because he has a very powerful argument. This body is made up of what? The five elements. What you put in it is, is, is at your own risk. You know, that we are not talking of the particulars. Generalize. And you see that this body is made up of what? Five elements. What about that body? Made up of five elements. So in that sense, it doesn't matter what you eat, what I eat. Our bodies are made up of fire, space, space. Where is the space? Right here sometimes <laughs> because nothing goes through. <laughs> Sanskrit grammar rules, etc. Why? Because one is spaced out. See, we use that term. There is space here. There is space in the stomach. And then what else? Water. In the form of blood, in the form of all kinds of endocrine gland secretions, everything is there. Air is there in the lungs. Air is there. And then bones are the earth. Fire in the form of the digestive hunger, the digestive fire. Fire in the form of 98.6. What is that? Body temperature. This is Agni within. So your body is also made up of this fivefold elements and my body is also made up of fivefold elements. So your argument that I should gacha gacha out of here needs to fold up. Yeah, needs to fold up and sit in a corner. It doesn't need to be aired out at all. Seen from another angle, 
there is also an ingenious uh, explanation of this Chandala's argument. Very, very interesting. And what is that other angle? You know, from the standpoint of what is ingested. Here, Adi Shankara, the exalted genetically vegetarian sage, feels good about it too. You know, nobody in my lineage has had a four-footed, you know, biped, triped, quadruped at all. We have only eaten things that don't run away from us <laughs> and that need not be caught. You know, that could be a certain hubris, but the chandala can be clever and the chandala can say, this I'm imagining their conversation. The chandala can say, you are veg, vegetarian. This is how we say in India, are you a veg? No, 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 I'm non-veg. <laughs> but you look, that is where the answer is. Non-veg means you are negating veg. Ah. In that nunge, in that negation, there is something beautiful. That means all food is vegetarian. You can directly be vegetarian or you can eat a vegetarian. That's what you do. <laughs> Non-veg means you eat vegetarians. Yeah. The source of food is vegetables and leaves and, you know, chlorophyll. That's because you don't come with a pair of solar panels on the head. Otherwise, you don't have to have this discussion at all. Then you don't even need hands or legs. You just roll around one head and a pair of solar panels and you happily make your own food. You're not like that. You have to depend on something so you either dependent on, you know, what is that? Sthavara or Jangama. <laughs> Jangama means which moves around. Sthavara means that which stays. Because, you know, this is the argument people give. They say, well, you know, how do you know that the eggplant, the katrika that you are cutting is not saying, ayayo, stop, help. Mama, how come it is not crying? How do you know that it is not crying out? Well, it is a little bit of himsa. It is crying. Perhaps it is crying out. But one has to depend on that. And how do I know? Because it doesn't try to run away from me when I go to harvest it. Same thing with pumpkin. Imagine you are running after the pumpkin and pumpkin is rolling down the hill and you are running away. Wait, stop, stop. <laughs> doesn't happen. Therefore, we say it is safe because it is not running for its life. It is not trying to run away from you. So now you either eat all these things yourself or you feed it to the animal and eat the animal. In any case, the default value is what? Veg. So both the bodies are the same. <laughs> See? Annamayat annamayam. So does Anna vikara. So the goat that the chandala has eaten, vikara, it's modified into blood, bones, flesh, everything. And the, what is that? This, uh, this Kerala rice which Adi Shankara has eaten, <laughs> red rice has also been transformed into, because he was from Kerala, that's why. So the Kerala rice that he has eaten has also been transformed into what? Blood, bones, flesh, etc. So therefore, annamayat annamayam, the source is the same and this body may look different, this body may look different, but really it's one and the same. So you are trying to distance what from what. 
and he calls him dvijavara dvijavara means vijanam varishtha you know the, the most exalted of all the brahmanas you are a super brahmana <laughs> because you may know all this knowledge of oneness my dear sir but you are not walking your talk you are talking all right and uh, maybe lot of people come and listen to you good for you wonderful but here i am to interrogate what you really know because if you really say what you know is what you really know then you will not be asking me to move because there is nothing other than you so where is where is i as a second category that has come because if it's all one how how are you asking me to move where is the movement where is the where is there to go where where should i go and it looks like the chandala had attended some vedanta classes <laughs> being in varanasi there are so many classes and i think he had attended more than one class because he he very very clearly you know shows his erudition and uh, he talks about this and the ensuing verses are all about the responses by adi shankara and he also gives one more verse we, we will first look at the first one yeah that is what he says you can repeat annamayat annamayam athava chaitanyam eva चैतन्यात चैतन्यात दूरी 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 मया comes to is 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 actually called mayat maya has two meanings one is vikararthe in the sense of it modifies that which comes after it modifies the word that it qualifies and then prachurya in the sense of preponderance and even a slightly less used uh, is swarthe like when you said chinmaya chinmaya is not a vikara of chit it's not a modification of chit and neither it is a preponderance of chit it is all chit chit in its own sense so like when you say chinmaya few words are there that is that is in its own sense rare usage and slightly less rare usage is the suffix maya as preponderance like too much like for example annamayam yagnyam you ask how was the party it was all food how was the fire ritual it was just food 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 coming out of every orifice it was just food meaning there was a lot of food to say that there was a lot of food you there is a certain kind of a verbal hyperbole in which the suffix maya is used but the most often usage the that you find is in the sense of vikara modification so my body is a modification of food that's really what the body is a modification of 
So you eat 10 idlis. If you know what idlis are, yeah. You eat 10 idlis. It's not that the idlis start to accumulate as the as the Madhya Pradesh, you know, the spare tire, you know. It's, it's not that the idlis are accumulating. What accumulates is the result of the idlis, correct? Ah, that's what accumulates. And so it is bikara because that annam has been modified into fat here in this case. Energy calories. So, annavikara, annavikara. Huh? So, annamayat, anna fifth case, ablative case. So, from this body which is a modification of food, annamayam, this other body which is also the modification of food, are you trying to distance duri kartum in order to distance vanchasi kim? Uh, are you interested? Are you desirous of keeping a distance between one mass of flesh which is a modification of food and another mass of flesh which is also a modification of food because both fleshes are what you know just the same they are just modified you know idli dosa on one side and dog and rat on the other side that's all <laughs> nothing else veg and non-veg it's all it is so what is what is the big deal why should i move away why should I move away just because you have some OCD feelings about just having taken a bath and you don't want to touch anybody? What is it? You know, you know. If I am cramping your style, my dear sir, you need to move away. Who are you to tell me with a sense of entitlement to move away? If you don't want to stand next to me, you you move. You know, the place is big enough, and that time it was not overcrowded. Varanasi was you know free. Yeah, go that side. And if you are sick of seeing my face, go to the next uh, ghat bathing place and bathe. Why are you here? You know, in fact, seeing you, my day may go badly, says the Chandala. <laughs> because I met this ordinary person first thing in the morning. My, maybe this is an, oh, you are an ill omen because my day will go badly now that I have met you. Because with this kind of an attitude, it's, your day is also not going to go very well. Better do something. And so, annamayat, annamayam, kimva, or, athava, otherwise, what else? Chaitanyat, chaitanyam eva. The evakara is for emphasis, is, for a, is to show ascharya, a sense of disbelief. For are you trying to separate what? This chaitanya consciousness from itself. Consciousness is that presence which pervades everything. When you say, I am, each one says, I am, I am in the singular. That I is one. Grammatically and even otherwise, it's one. Philosophically, it is one. That, that I in you is the same as the I in me. So therefore, we say in Vedanta, I is. And that is grammatically correct. <laughs> I simply is. What is, is I. That's why the first letter of is, is what? I. Yeah. What is this I? And so that I is one and the same. And I shouldn't be telling you that. You are the one who's lecturing day and night and having classes all over, touring all over in India and uh, spreading this knowledge. You should know this. Hey, Dvijavara, super Brahmana. <laughs> you know, during these, uh, during these electoral uh, primaries, especially on the democratic side. In the democratic side, we have a very complex way of uh, figuring out the delegates to, to say who wins the primary. 
So certain delegates are more powerful than others. They are called super delegates. So it doesn't matter if you are more popular. It's how many super delegates you can convince to endorse you. That's what clinches the nomination. Yeah. That's what Clinton's the nomination or Bernie's the nomination, Burns the nomination. We don't know. We'll have to wait and watch. But this is what it is. So like super delegate, this is a super brahmana. It's a sarcasm. You know, it's an irony. It's a poetic irony. Hey, you super brahmana with all your little quirks, you know, this, you know, bathing quirks and not seeing me quirks and your discomfort with me, all these things. Get over it, man. You know, <laughs> What are you talking about? And you who know that all this is one, you are trying to make me duri kartum vanchasi. You are trying to make me, you know, far away from you. And he says, bruhi gacha gacha iti. Bruhi means, bruhi means please tell. Please tell. Yeah, this is not a good text. We will put the correct text up. So just bear with us this time. Yeah, we'll put the correct text up. So please tell, you know, Bruhi, actually it's an imperative mood, lot. So therefore, it's not even please tell, it is you better tell <laughs> what, it's an order. It's an imperative mood. It is imperative that you tell me why you are asking me to move out of your way. And it's imperative that you understand who and why you are asking to move out of the way. And seeing the answer, you can see the confidence, the erudition and the complete lack of, you know, any kind of worries about offending the scholar. No, no compunctions. He's just telling the truth. And immediately, a see, first of all, we have stories around Adi Shankara, but the story around the Chandala also grew up. And Shankara Vijaya, all the Shankara Vijayas are unanimous in describing this, this Chandala as an avatara of Lord Shiva. Having come to test his devotee, Adi Shankara, in a human guise or a Chandalic guise. As though Lord Shiva has no better work. Okay, then, so, so my feeling here is that you know, this is a certain way in which the culture can account for the fact that the Chandala is erudite. And the Chandala is here standing his own ground, cognizant of his own rights. And he says, wait a minute, on what grounds are you making me go away from you? I'm not moving, you move if you are so hung up. You move. And so, you know, you can't have a Chandala say that in reality because then there would be a social rebellion and an out, outburst, outburst of an outcast. And so therefore what? So therefore to temper everything down, if you create a story, it's a very useful tool. You create the story that the Chandala is not really Chandala because which Chandala will behave like this? You know, they would just go away frightened. They will not do like this. Even in India now, they will go away frightened. You know, such kind of prejudices unfortunately still persist. So, you know, which Chandala will behave like that? Must be Lord Shiva. This is a made-up story so that one can continue to say gacha gacha to other Chandalas. <laughs> yeah, it's a made-up story so that I don't have to change my behavior because this was a special occasion where this special person was there and, you know, this is what it was. No, we shouldn't take that at all. Chandala means Chandala. 
Chandala, who was surprisingly erudite, Vedantin Chandala. Yeah, to add another wrench into the works. You know, full of, because a Chandala, by his very personage, is, is a, is a, what should I say, is a, is a statement that, is the statement that the hierarchical society is perhaps not as hierarchical as it, uh, as it seems. And that this tightly woven, uh, you know, hierarchical society is a myth. So this Chandala is a myth buster. And another myth buster is what? That he is going to be, he is going to be all contrite and not talking back and then just slink away as soon as he was told, gacha, gacha. Not this one. He stands his ground and then not only that, he composes one more verse, not satisfied with saying so much. And tomorrow we will read the next verse. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadagya Purnamiva Vishishyate Om Shantishantishantihi Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om Yeah, so any questions are there? Avataras are God disguised in interventions falsehood even if we reject chandala being ishvara how can we understand parusharama meeting rama etc no no i'm not i'm not dismissing it i'm just saying that it's very convenient to call the chandala as an avatara where you don't accept the fact that the chandala can be a human being and can be be an erudite person who can question an exalted sage that's what i'm saying avatara is accepted no problem. In all cultures it is accepted. Okay? Yeah. Any other question? According to Vedanta, are there any anadhikaris for the knowledge of the self based on birth? Uh, no. If you are a human being, you are, you can study, you know, Vedanta. And you, one may be disbarred from the study of the Vedas. That's a different thing. But Vedanta is not just in the Vedas. Vedanta is there in poetry. Vedanta is there in the mythology, in the Puranas. Vedanta is there in the Bhagavad Gita. Vedanta is there in the folk songs. Vedanta is there everywhere, not just in India. Everywhere where this knowledge of oneness is understood and valued, it is there. So one is not disbarred from studying it. What was Katrin's question? I've been thinking about what you said in regards to the Yoga Sutras. Chitta Vritti Nirodha, yeah. To still the patterns slash modifications of the mind is yoga. So when the yogi enters this state of samadhi, there should be no kala. Is that right? No what? Kala, time. No kala, yes, correct. Time also collapses. Is that right? Yes. When that next thought comes, the kala will start again. Yes. And you are back from samadhi into this world of mind. Correct. Even though the physical body never left. So even for a so-called being with higher awareness who has entered this state, they can't have transcended all desires since the thought pattern came back to them. Is I, that thinking correct? No, I would I would modify that. You're not entirely wrong, but samadhi is an experience, and we are not hunting after experiences. We are not trying to uh, have a cessation of time and space. 
even though the such a cessation may be possible through meditational and other uh, you know kinds of things you know uh, whatever you know what's that upayas remedies you know through various ways we can do that but that's not we are not trying to do that what we are trying to see is that one is naturally free of desire asanga one is naturally free of longing one is one's nature is to be free of time and space and that has to be understood and assimilated and the samadhi can help one to still the mind to be able to understand it and to rid it of certain blocks so that is good but it's not the end yes dotty But I don't know all the parts of it. Uh, could I think of ego as the parts of me that make judgments? No, the ego is the I notion. The I notion does more than just one thing. The I notion does a lot of different things. It's the thinker. Now it is the seer. Now it's the hearer. Wherever the I ness is attached, that is called ahankara. So it's not any one particular thing. the the one who is asking the question is the one that is ahankara that's how you are recognizing it even as you are asking it and yet the framework is usually that ego is something to be rejected ego is something to be uh, to go beyond no you you don't reject it you 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 lighten it of the burden of associating with the i you walk it back to the i you take the ahankara the i notion and take it to the definition of the i given by the vedas and make it make friends with that definition and own up that definition so that's what you have to do with the ego that's what is this that's what is being done in the classes <laughs>